The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, what's happening? What's happening? Welcome to the show. Hope you had a great weekend. It was a beautiful weekend, man. I'm going to tell you. Homecomings everywhere. I mean, if you were planning to go to your homecoming, but you wanted to go to your friend's homecoming, that uh, their cousin had a homecoming. You just, they were everywhere this weekend, all over the country. Uh, fun, fun weekend. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I uh, hope you had a great weekend. Of course, uh, my weekend was grand as well. Weather was fantastic. We still expect to have some great weather throughout the week. Uh, I think, what was that, one night? Was it Sunday night it got down? At least my temperature on my, my phone said it got down to 49. So, for me, that's a good thing. So, don't get mad at me. That's a good thing. All right? So, so welcome to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. Uh, 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you'd like to join the show. So much stuff to talk about. Of course, you can send me an email at blackfocusradio at gmail.com. And don't forget to uh, catch the podcast. Uh, and we will upload this show today. And I owe you a lot of others, but uh, uh, I've got to be more consistent. And this is really, really important if we want to move this thing forward. And uh, we've got to start getting these podcasts up on a regular basis. So I promise you that will start happening. Uh, by the way, if you are um, someone who'd like to take a crack, a young guy or a young lady who want to get involved in radio, give me a call, all right, <clears throat> and we'll talk, all right? Because I, 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 I've got some stuff that's happening and could use some assistance, all right? So anyway, so here's what's on the agenda Today, all right, uh, white wannabe mayor uh, ignores the black community and gets an endorsement from a black guy, a black business owner. Y'all know, if you, if you hadn't been following the news, that's uh, Steve Landers. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk a little bit more about the mayor's race. We'll be trying to get the mayor on here in the next uh, few days to talk a little bit about his campaign. Steve Landers has said he is not coming on uh uh, join that radio because somebody says something bad about him. Okay, so we say bad things about everybody. But anyway, we'll get into that. Also, uh, the big news about Biden and Pot, uh, long overdue. We'll get into that as well. I uh, saw an interesting piece with Ari Melber uh, on, I believe it was Friday evening, and uh, uh, he left some stuff out. Okay, he left some stuff out. So uh, we'll get into that. Uh, oh, by the way, we're going to talk more about the Republicans and socialism. <laughs> Despicable people, man. I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, look, I'm sorry. I don't care if I don't care if you were one of my friends or uh, you've got Republican friends. These people are despicable. 
I'm, I'm just going to say it. Well, and I'll tell you more why uh, later on. And more importantly, I, I don't know if you all heard about the, uh, the white woman that was kidnapped in Memphis and was found dead. Uh, come to find out she had been raped and murdered. And the police, had they done their due diligence, due diligence when a black woman said that a black guy kidnapped her and raped her, maybe this white woman wouldn't be dead. But the twist to the story is that she just wasn't any old white woman. And maybe her life was a lot more important than the black woman. We're going to get into that as well. And we can't, we can't end the show without talking about Herschel. I mean, my God, this is part of the despicability that I talked about with the Rethuglicans. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can y'all give us a break here? This is, this is unbelievable, man. It, it, it really is. It's unbelievable. So we've got all of that and more coming up today. So I hope you'll stick and stay. Please don't go away. But before we do anything else, we've got to do Black Facts. Dynamic Black Facts. Our culture, our history, our people. Lest we forget, 2022 marks the 191st anniversary of Nat Turner's insurrection in Southampton County, Virginia. His name was recorded as Nat by his master, Benjamin Turner. And then Benjamin Turner died in 1810. Nat became the property of Benjamin's brother, Samuel Turner. By the Civil War era, sources referred to him as Nathaniel and gave him the surname of his master in the white slaveholder custom of the time. Historians also adopted that convention. Turner knew little about his background of his father, who was believed to have escaped from slavery when Turner was a young boy. Turner spent his life in Southampton County, Virginia, a plantation area where enslaved laborers were the majority of the population. He was identified as having natural intelligence and quickness of apprehension surpassed by few. He learned to read and write at a young age, deeply religious, that was often seen fasting, praying, or immersed in reading the stories of the Bible. Turner's religious convictions manifested as frequent visions, which he interpreted as messages from God. Turner's belief in the visions was such that when Turner was 22 years old, he ran away from his owner, but returned a month later after receiving a spiritual revelation. Turner often conducted Baptist services, preaching the Bible to his fellow Africans, who dubbed him the prophet. Turner garnered white followers such as Athro T. Brantley, who Turner was credited with having convinced to cease from his wickedness. After the rebellion, a reward notice 
described Turner as five foot six or eight inches high, weighs about 150 and 60 pounds, rather bright complexion, but not mulatto, broad shoulders, large flat nose, large eyes, broad flat feet, rather knucklehead, walks brisk and active, hair on the top of his head, very thin, no beard except for the upper lip and the top of his chin, a scar on one of his temples, also one on the back of his neck. Turner was proclaimed as a prophet by his peers on the plantation. In early 1828, Turner was convinced that he was ordained by some great purpose and for some great purpose in the hands of the Almighty while working in his owner's fields on May 12th. Turner heard a noise in the heavens and the spirit instantly appeared to him and said, the serpent has loosened and Christ had laid down the yoke. He had borne from the sins of man and that I should take it on and fight against the serpent for the time was fast approaching when the first should be last and the last should be first. In connecting this vision to the motivation for his rebellion, Turner makes it clear that he sees himself as participating in a confrontation between God's kingdom and the anti-kingdom that characterized his social historical context. He was convinced that God had given him the task of slaying my enemies their own, with their own weapons, Turner said. I'm communicating the great work laid out for me to do to four in whom I had the greatest confidence. His fellow slaves, Henry, Hank, Nelson, and Sam. Beginning in February 1831, Turner interpreted certain atmospheric conditions as a sign to begin preparations for a rebellion against the slave owners. On February the 11th, 1831, an annular solar eclipse was seen in Virginia and Turner envisioned this was a black man's hand reaching over the sun. He initially planned the rebellion to begin on July 4th, Independence Day. Turner postponed it because of illness and to use the delay for additional planning and deliberation with his co-conspirators. On August 13th, there was another solar eclipse in which the sun appeared bluish-green, possibly the result of lingering atmospheric debris from an interruption from Mount St. Helens. Turner interpreted this as the final sign, and about a week later, on August 21st, he began the uprising. Turner started with a few trusted fellow Africans. All his initial recruits were other slaves from this neighborhood. The neighborhood had to find ways to communicate their intentions without giving up their plot. Songs may have, been, may have tipped the neighborhood members on movements. It is believed that one of the ways Turner summoned fellow conspirators to the woods was through a use of a particular song. The rebels traveled from house to house, freeing enslaved Africans and killing white people. They found the rebels ultimately included more than 70 enslaved and free blacks. Because the rebels did not want to alert anyone of their presence as they carried out their attacks, 
They usually use knives, hatchets, axes, and blunt instruments instead of firearms. The rebellion did not discriminate against age or sex until it was determined that the rebellion had achieved sufficient numbers. Nat Turner only confessed to killing one of the rebellion's victims, Margaret Whitehead, whom he killed with a blow from a fence post. Before a white militia was able to respond, the rebels killed 60 men, women, and children. They spared a few homes because Turner believed the poor white inhabitants thought no better of themselves than they did of the Negroes. Turner also thought that revolution, revolutionary violence, would serve to awaken the attitudes of whites to the reality of the inherent brutality in slaveholding, a concept similar to 20th century philosopher Franz Fanon's idea of violence as purgatory. Turner later said that he wanted to spread terror and alarm among whites. The rebellion was suppressed within two days, but Turner eluded, eluded capture by hiding in the woods until October 30th when he was discovered by a farmer named Benjamin Phipps where he was hiding in a hole covered with fence rails. While awaiting his trial, Turner confessed his knowledge of the rebellion to attorney Thomas Ruffin Gray. On November 5th, 1831, he was tried for conspiring to rebel and making insurrection. Convicted and sentenced to death. Turner was hung, hanged on November, November the 11th in Jerusalem, Virginia. His body was flayed, beheaded, and quartered. After his execution, Turner's body was torn apart. It was stripped of his skin and boiled. Nubia Alexander said, the bones were distributed and body fat was used to make soap. Lampshades and pocketbooks were made from his skin. Turner received no formal burial. His headless remains were either buried unmarked or kept for scientific use. His skull is said to have passed through many hands, last being reported in the collection of a planned civil rights museum in Gary, Indiana, despite calls for its burial. In the aftermath of the insurrection, there were 45 slaves, including Turner, and five free blacks tried for insurrection and related crimes in Southampton. Of the 45 slaves tried, 15 were acquitted. Of the 30 convicted, 18 were hanged, while 12 were sold out of state. Of the five free blacks tried for participation in the insurrection, one was hanged while the others were acquitted. Soon after Turner's execution, Thomas Ruffin Gray took it upon himself to publish the Confessions of Nat Turner, derived partly from research done while Turner was in hiding and partly from jailhouse conversations with Turner before the trial. This work considered this, this work is considered the primary historical document regarding Nat Turner, retaliation by whites and the aftermath. In total, the state executed 56 blacks suspected of having been involved in the uprising, but in the hysteria of aroused fears and anger in the days after the revolt, white militias and mobs 
killed an estimated 200 blacks, many of whom had nothing to do with the rebellion. Before Nat Turner's revolt, there was a small but ineffectual anti-slavery movement in Virginia, largely on account of economic trends that made slavery less profitable in the Old South in the 1820s and fears among whites of the rising number of blacks, especially in Tidewater and the Piedmont areas. The push for abolition in 1831 represented the interest of Hirenwalk democracy and white male suffrage. Enraged poor whites condemned the slave-owning aristocracy while endangering their families and retaining an unfair advantage in elections as a result of the three-fifths clause. Most of the movement's members, including acting governor John Floyd, supported resettlement of blacks to Africa for those reasons. The Enlightenment thinking of Virginia's forefathers played little part in the emancipation's debates in 1831 and 32. Considerations of white racial and moral purity also influenced many of these anti-slavery Virginians. These concerns illustrated that Virginia's position towards slavery was no longer apologetic or apologetic. The fear caused by Nat Turner's insurrection and the concerns raised in the emancipation debates that followed resulted in politicians and writers responding by defining slavery as a positive good. Such authors included Thomas Roderick Dew, a William and Mary College professor who published a pamphlet in 1832 opposing emancipation on economic and other grounds. Fears of uprising polarized moderates and enslavers across the South. The municipalities across the region instituted repressive policies against blacks. Rights were taken away from those who were free. The freedoms of all black people in Virginia were tightly curtailed. Socially and the uprising discouraged whites questioning the slave system from the perspective that such discussion might encourage similar revolts. Manumissions had decreased by 1810. The shift away from tobacco made had made owning slaves in the Upper South an excess to the planters' needs, so they started to hire out the enslaved. With the ending of the international slave trade, the invention of the cotton gin and opening up of new territories in the Deep South, suddenly there was a growing market for the trading of Africans. Over the next decades, more than one million slaves would be transported to the Deep South in, in a forced migration as a result of the domestic slave trade. In terms of public response and the toll of white, li- toll of white lives, slave owners in the Upper South and coastal states were deeply shocked by the Nat Turner Rebellion, while in 1811, German coast uprising in Louisiana involved a greater number of slaves. It resulted in only two white, white fatalities. Events in Louisiana newly annexed by the United States in the Louisiana Purchase did not receive as much attention in those years as uprising in the Upper South and Lower Country of the Carolinas. These events had historical connections among families since colonial times. In regards to his status, Nat Turner is regarded as a hero by many Africans 
and African-Americans and Pan-Africanists worldwide. Nat Turner became the focus of historical scholarship in 1940 when historian, historian Herbert Abkaber published the first serious scholarly work on instances of slave resistance in the antebellum South. Abkaber wrote that the rebellion was rooted in the exploitation, exploit, exploitive conditions of the Southern slave system. Based on his research in libraries and archives throughout the South, he found roughly 250 similar incidents of uprisings, although none reached the scale of Nat Turner's revolt. And that's our black fact for today. Listening to Black Focus Radio for more dynamic black facts, our culture, our history, our people on joinnetradio.com. And if you would like to sponsor Dynamic Black Facts, give me a call at 615-554-0568. We'll hook you up with a nice advertising package. Now, a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to start off when we come back. We're going to jump into this thing about um, the mayor's race that's going on here in Little Rock. And if, if, we, if I'm to believe what some people are saying, then I would say that black people in Little Rock will never achieve. And I have 40 years to show that I'm right. We're going to take a break when we come back. We're going to talk a little local and national politics. Huh. Back in a moment, you're listening to we, the we, <laughs> you're, you're listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinedradio.com. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you will shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, 
I'll give your money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. Synergy Insurance Group is the small business that we need to turn everybody on to. Javita Nelson is the expert advisor and licensed in 20 states. Synergy Insurance Group has been offering personalized insurance services since 1997. Call Javita at 877-GO-LOVE-INS. She can help you with old-fashioned personal service. Synergy Insurance Group is the one that you want and need for affordable insurance. Specializing in burial plans that will allow you and yours to personalize your final expenses. Check out Synergy Insurance Group on the web at synergyinsgroup.biz. Or talk to Javita at 877-GO-GLOVE-INS. The purpose of this commercial is to promote various insurance products, national producer numbers 1661510 and 7529748. Hi, this is Alvin from Havivi's Durable Medical Equipment Company. Because of COVID, many of us have lost our jobs and are unable to feed our kids like we wish. If your child is underweight, five years of age or older, and on Medicaid, you may be able to get formula to help them regain their healthy weight. You will need a prescription from their primary care physician and give us a call and let us help. Our number is 501-663-1553. We are open five days a week from nine to five. Have your doctor fax your prescription to our fax line, which is 501-661-0738 today. Keeping your child healthy is our priority. That's Habibi's, 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 your durable medical equipment center. We are located 4317 East Broadway in North Little Rock. That number again is 663-1553. 663-1553. Hey guys, this is David Ashley, Deacon David Ashley. I want to turn y'all on to the Deacon Days radio show. It's a praise project. We're going to be playing music from inspirational artists and gospel artists from all over the world, never ever heard of. And also we'll be interviewing and asking them very pertinent questions to why and how they came up with their music. Don't forget, the Deacon Dave's radio show, it's a praise project. Saturdays from 10 to 11 on joynetradio.com. All right, welcome back to the show, Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us if you want to join the show. A lot of stuff to talk about. We want to talk a little bit about voting and um, what I said before the break is the black leadership in this city is terrible. I'll tell you why. So if you invited me to something and you said you were going to come and you then didn't show up, would you be offended? Especially if it was something you wanted me to do for you. Would you be offended? 
Well, if you hadn't figured out by now, last week, there was a mayor debate that, w- that went on here in Little Rock. Okay? The funny thing is that one of the main candidates didn't show up. That guy was Steve Landers. Now, Steve Landers is the so-called front runner or at least the main challenger to Frank Scott Jr. Now, before I go into anything else, I want to stick with this debate because there were people there. And see, here's what I asked the question about Steve Landers is what black neighborhood can you tell me you've, you've been through that you know something about? And the reason I ask that question is because there are a lot of black people from what I'm hearing, and now we've heard that Bob Johnson, the former owner of BET, <coughs> who you know if you know anything about Bob Johnson, yeah, he's a, he's a business owner. He's a millionaire. But what did I tell you all a while back about, it was a couple of shows ago where we talked about just because someone is a millionaire and he's on TV, that doesn't mean you need to follow him. That doesn't make him a leader. And Bob Johnson is not a leader for the black community. Yeah, he had BET, but think about it. Those of you who grew up with BET, what was BET? Music videos. That was about it. And now, guess what? It's owned by a white family. So Bob Johnson's endorsement of Steve Landers should not make a difference. And I've told you over and over again, just because somebody is a multimillionaire, whether he's a football star, a basketball star, a a movie star, a rapper, that doesn't make them an automatic leader. And Bob Johnson isn't that. But let's get back to this thing about Steve Landers, which annoyed me to no end. Because he was the first real opportunity for you to come to the black community and debate and make your stance, you know, put out your plea about why you should be the mayor of Little Rock. The only thing you can talk about is crime. And you know what? Crime is up all across the country. And there's nothing more you can do, Steve Landers, that's going to stop crime than Frank Scott Jr. or any of the other people that are running for mayor. It's a trend. And simply saying you're going to hire more police, that does nothing for the black community because that's, that in our, in, in our, from our standpoint, that's like hiring more terrorists. How, how is hiring, hiring more police going to solve the crime problem in Little Rock? See, those are the questions that we wanted to ask. But you didn't show Steve Landers. But you want to be mayor of Little Rock. And you've got some okey-doke Negroes running around out here who claim to be on your side and have no clue. And look, I don't know if the rumors are true or not. Because you know, as elections go, so do conspiracy theories. But some say people are being paid and this, that, and the other. Look, let me tell y'all something about being paid. If, if that is true, if that is true that, that Steve Landers is paying off black folks, to vote for him. And look, again, I don't know that to be true. I'm not saying that is true. 
But that's been the common rumor. Here's how you get around that. Take his money. How the hell he's going to know who you voted for when you go to the polls? Hello? If that's true, take his money. And go in there and vote for Frank Scott Jr. Steve Lander has, Lander's proved by not showing up at that debate that he doesn't give a damn about the black community in Little Rock. He doesn't care about the black community in Little Rock. And he'll pay off a few here and a few there to buy their votes. But when it comes to substance, he has no substance for the black community. And that's just a fact. If you think Little Rock is bad now for the black community, look, we still... Frank Scott is the only person that's really been trying to do some, some improvements south of 630. All the other white mayors, I'm being honest, I'm just, I'm just telling it like it is. Had little or no improvements south of 630. So you think Steve Landers, a white guy who doesn't know anything about, the only thing he knows south of 630 is the damn airport and how to go to Pine Bluff to the casinos. That's it. <coughs> and probably go south on 30 to Texarkana or Hot Springs. That's all he knows about south of 630. He doesn't know about the enclaves of Schiller and Wright Avenue and Battery, the Little Rock Central area. He doesn't know about the west end area and the south end and the east end that they're now trying to gentrify and change it into the east view. You think he's going to fight for your school system, Little Rock? Do you think Steve Landers is going to stand up and fight for the public school system in Little Rock? But if it's true, some of y'all are looking to vote Frank Scott out of office. Amazing. What is wrong with y'all, Little Rock? What is wrong with you black people in Little Rock? Do y'all not understand how critical this is? I am still seeing people posting about don't vote for the system. Don't throw your vote. What? Are y'all crazy? Do you not understand what how, how white Republicans and right-wing terrorists have basically codified their terrorism in the system because y'all asses don't vote? I'm just going to be real with you. And all this idiocy about you're not going to vote for a Democrat or a Republican, what, what, what does that do? Because that white man who's calling you the N-word, he's voting. You're going to prove a point to him because you ain't going to vote? And he's going to prove a point because he's going to vote and he's going to get his crooked people in office and they're going to continue to put their fing fingers on their feet on your neck and you're going to be complaining about, oh man, I can't get up can't get up because the white man got his foot on my neck. Well, how the hell did the white man get his foot on your neck? Because your sorry ass didn't go out and vote. This is the only battle you got. This is the only weapon you have. As subtle as it may be, it can and will be effective if you use it the way it needs to be used. But you all do not do that. And you have idiocy out there who's thinking about, well, we're going to vote for Steve Landers. He'll make it better for us. 
Wait a minute. Let me tell you something. I left 45 years ago, and Little Rock is no better off. There are still no black leaders in this city. Very few. It is no more than it was when I left 45 years ago. Come on, man. Y'all are crazy. You don't understand what's going on here. He don't even show up to the debate. He basically said, y'all can kiss my ass. That's what Steve Landers said to black people last week. And y'all still going to vote for him? It should be no debate now on who you're going to vote for. And you need to take your children to the polls. And I'm going to tell you, I'm an independent. But I guarantee you Steve Landers is a Republican. Why would, why, why would Bob Johnson endorse him? Bob Johnson is a Republican. So if he had business deals, according with Bob Johnson, with Steve Landers 17, 18 years ago, how do we know that Steve Landers doesn't have business deals with Bob Johnson waiting in the wings if he becomes mayor? How do we know that? Or how, do we, how is it that we don't know that? I'm just asking for a friend. We've asked Steve Landers to come on the show. He won't come on. He won't come on Black Focus. He won't come on uh, the the Power of Justice. He won't come on. He won't even spend money with the show. And I'm not doing this because of that. But I'm just. I'm being. I'm being upfront. He won't spend money or run advertising on Black Radio. I guarantee you that he's not running any advertising on Black Radio. He's running advertising on bl a white owned Black markets. See, the money that he's spending is not going to black radio. It's going to white radio who play black formats. Y'all need to understand what's going on here. But he won't come on the show, according to him, because somebody on the show said something bad about him. What? Did someone tell the truth? Is that what it is? See, we weren't, we weren't sure, but now that you did not come to the debate, we know that you are afraid of the truth. Typical of all the Republicans that are going that are running for office who call themselves Republicans now. We know you're not and, and by the way, since you didn't come to the debate, we couldn't ask you that simple question, Steve Landers. Did Joe Biden win the election fairly? Do you accept Joe Biden as your president of the United States? We couldn't ask you that question. See, this is why you ran, Steve Landers. You didn't care enough to come. But here's what we found out. That the night of the debate, you were at some swanky white event. Uh-oh. Pictures. <laughs> the picture that I saw, I didn't see one black face in there. That tells you a lot. That tells you a lot. I'm telling you, black folks, there is a war going on, and it doesn't have to be a war with weapons. There is a political war going on, and your weapon right now is your vote. Stop the silly conspiracy theory crap and understand that we have to vote as a block. We have to vote under one umbrella, and right now, we do not need 
Republican right wingers running this country. It is not good for you. It is not good for your family, your children, and it's certainly not good for this nation. And if you are if you are one of those people who are angry about how America has treated black people, well, join the club. I too am one of those. But I understand that there is got to be something called best interest. It is in my best interest as whom I call a revolutionary, whom I call a brother in the struggle. That's who I am. It is in my best interest to thwart the right-wing Republicans as it is yours. As it is yours. And you have got to start understanding how important that weapon you hold called the vote really is. It is the most powerful weapon you have in a democracy. That is why they are doing so much to try and keep you from using it. Hello? That is why they're doing so much to try and keep you from using your vote. And right here in Little Rock alone, you have an opportunity to, to, to keep Frank Scott in office simply because you know Steve Landers ain't going to do jack for you as a black person. I hate to break it down to race, but you know what? They've already did that. And we have to draw a line in the sand and say, all right, you want to play racial politics? All right, let's play. Steve Landers has no best interest for black people anywhere in this city. And that's sad. And some of you are buying into his mantra. I hope that's not true. I hope that's not true. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll get to see now just how active black people really are. If you can get out and march in the cold and the heat for Black Lives Matter, if, if black lives really matter, then get your ass to the polls and get registered. October 11th, I believe, uh, I may, that might, it might be a, well, wait a minute. I think it's passed. So if you hadn't registered to vote, and I'll double check that. But those of you who are registered, get to the polls, man. If you need a ride to the polls, call me at 615-554-0568. I'll make sure I have water in the car so that you will have water. Uh, so when you get out, if the, if the poll lines are long, whatever the case may be. But we need to get to the polls. And we, we need to make sure that Steve Landers is not the next mayor of Little Rock. Because if it is, Little Rock is going backwards. Is this, this is the same city. And for this guy not to come to these debates, to a debate, and, and, and lay it on the line and say, hey, black community, here's what I understand. Don't See, here's, they, here's what they do. They have the same damn message. Is that I know you all are tired of crime because they, they throw up the black-on-black -black crime statistics and this, that, and the other when they don't understand that 
how they govern causes a lot of the crime that goes on in the black community. Not just in our community, but across all communities. Because number one, if you were doing your job as police, since you claim that police are so needed, then why can't you stop the drugs and guns that are coming into our communities? They don't, they're not grown in our communities. The guns are not manufactured in our communities. Why can't you stop them? That has nothing to do with black folks. The deaths that are going on in the black community are the symptoms of the problem. And the problem is that you are allowing those things to come into the black community. Now, that's the bottom line. See, those are things that you don't want to address. You want to say, well, we need more police. Well, what the hell are police going to do? The ones that we have right now don't do their damn jobs. Because if they were, they would be stopping some of this crime. They would stop some of the drugs and violence that are going, that before it happens. But you know why they can't do it, Steve Landers? It's because police don't stop crime. They respond to crime. So that red herring that you like to throw out there about you need police is a bunch of balderdash. That's just the bottom line on it. We need people to get out and vote and stop these people. We should be ashamed of ourselves to allow people like Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the spokesperson for, for uh, the insurrectionist in chief to be governor of our state. We should be ashamed of ourselves. We should be ashamed of ourselves that we allow anyone who believes that they are better than anyone simply because of the color of their skin and they deserve to write the Lord over those people and keep them from being human beings. We should be ashamed of ourselves. Aren't we tired of this? At what point does America wake up and say, hey, we've been through that, that, that crevice. We've been to that edge. But here we go again. You can stop this by going to vote. That's how you do it. Dare to be different because you're destined to be great. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinetradio.com. I'm David W. Coleman, host of Black Focus Radio and the weekly sports magazine. We here at joinedradio.com would like to thank you for all the love and support you've given us. Our goal is to keep you inspired and informed daily with quality programming from gospel music, news talk, and sports. Log on to joinedradio.com for the program lineup, and while there, be sure to make a donation. Then download our app and carry us anywhere in the world. Please continue to spread the word about Joinedradio.com. 
Radio.com. And if you are an entrepreneur or have an upcoming event or you'd like to start a show, let the professional writers and producers here at JoinEdRadio.com help you get the word out. Call me at 615-554-0568 for more details. In the meantime, stay informed and inspired daily right here on JoinEdRadio.com. Hello to quality time at Marco's. Hello to the best part of the day and to making someone else's. Say hello to late nights and to the best night ever. These are the primo moments, and they call for Italian quality pizza. Dough made from scratch every day. Sauce with a history in the making from the original Giamarco recipe. Say hello to an authentic favorite. Every store, every day, the Italian way. Hello, primo. David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you will shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. Hey folks, are you looking for a place to exchange ideas and talk about the issues that affect our community? Then join me, David W. Coleman, and my co-host, Robert Webb, for Black Focus Radio every Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m. on joinedradio.com. We like to say, it's our issues, our solutions, our voices. Download the latest podcast on your favorite platform. Also catch us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. That's Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinedradio.com. Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices, 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you want to join the show. So I'm talking about Steve Landers, and I'm spending some time on this because, you know, after what he did at the debate last week was so, and, you know, Republicans are doing this all across the country. You know, it's going to happen in Georgia. I'd be surprised. I think Friday night, Georgia and, uh, well, Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker are supposed to have a uh, debate. I'd be shocked if Herschel Walker showed up. Herschel Walker is intellectually challenged. We'll get to that later. But they're doing this all across the country because, see, when you know you don't have any facts, when you, don't, when you know you really don't have any substance, then you have to avoid talking about that substance. 
You don't want to get questions because those questions will make you make statements that you know are not true. See, when you don't show up to a debate, that really says that part of the people that you may want to vote for you, you don't give about you, you, you Look, there are certain groups, you have a certain electorate that's going to always vote one way or the other. Right or left, red or blue, whatever the case may be. What, you, what typically what has to occur is that that nominee or that, that person, candidate, has to persuade those of us like me who is in the middle, who is staunchly independent. I voted Republicans in, at one point in my life. I voted Democrats. I voted Independent. I've been all over the map because I don't identify with one or the other. But Steve Landers missed an opportunity, in my opinion, that those people who were there at that debate waiting to hear from him who were on the middle, in the middle, he said, kiss my ass. That's exactly what he said. There's no, there's no mincing words about it. He didn't care. He doesn't care. He simply doesn't care. And that should be problematic for all of us, even especially those of us who are in the middle who simply don't vote because somebody is blue or red, who votes the issues time and time and time again. And we know for a fact that Steve Landers is not for black people in this city. And just because he sold cars to you just because he sold a lot of cars, just because a, a look, another look. Do you think rich people care about you? When are we going to get over this stuff of, uh, of voting rich people in the office? Look what we have right now. Look what we have right now. They're constantly stealing from the poor and feeding the rich. That's what's happening. That's because you all keep voting them in office or voting them back in office. At some point, the electorate has got to wake up. As I said last segment, that this is the most powerful weapon that you have and you're, you're simply throwing it away. This is, this is a weapon that is equal to anyone else's. Your weapon is no stronger than my weapon. A Republican weapon is no stronger than a Democrat weapon, no stronger than an independent weapon, or whatever you call yourself, a Green Party weapon. The one thing, the one weapon that we have that's equal is that vote. But we are so willing to lay it down it's mind-boggling to me. It makes no sense. And when we lay it down, we begin to get ignorance like we have now with black people saying, well, I'm not going to vote for, for Frank Scott because he, he didn't uh, What? Based on what we have here in Little Rock today, 
And I'm sorry many of you all have never traveled outside of Little Rock, but I hope that's not the case. But based on what we have here in Little Rock today, all the mayors that came before Frank Scott, what have they done? Huh? What have they done? You all tell me. I wasn't here. But I know when I rolled back up in this city six years ago and I looked around, <clears throat> there were a few changes. Yeah, you had Chanel. But other than that, what did you have? What, what changes have you made? If part of your city is hurting and you've ignored it for 40 years, then what did you have to brag about? Those previous mayors. Y'all tell me. I, I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm told, I told you, I was gone for 40 years. I left Little Rock because it was a nowhere going nowhere city. And right now, it's the same. Don't get mad at me. I grew up here. I was born here. But I've had the pleasure of traveling and seeing other places. And I understand the mentality that is going on in this city. It's a still old boy slave mentality that affects white people and affects black people. And what that does is it keeps you from prospering. I use the example all the time that when I drive into Little Rock, where I often do, when I drive into this city, the first thing that I, you notice is nothing that relates to this city. Nothing. You don't see a tourist, come here, come to the Clinton Library, come visit Little Rock Central, come here, eat here, eat there. You see none of that. As a matter of fact, at one point, there was an Arkansas, no, was it a UCA billboard downtown going across the bridge? UCA, that was for Conway. Come to the zoo, come here. You don't see any of that. You live in a city that sits smack dab in the middle of the United States. And you have met, you had no one that was progressive enough or thought-provoking enough to say, hey, look, let's build a center continental tourist attraction. No one thought of that, huh? Well, all these other little places around you are making millions of dollars, like Hot Springs and Pine Bluff and Conway. So you tell me what those previous mayors did. It's going to be the same old, same old if Steve Landers becomes mayor of this city. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be the same old, same old. Now you all sit around on your hands and decide that you don't want to vote. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. I told you the story of when I had a friend who came to visit and we were riding around and I was showing him some various things. And he even said, man, this city reminds me, looks like 1957. <laughs> I didn't even prompt him to say that. He just, you know, as we were riding around, I was showing him different stuff and it just came out. He didn't even know anything about Little Rock Central. And it's funny, and, and I told him, I said, it's funny you bring it up because I'm, getting ready, to, I'm getting, you, getting ready to take you by Little Rock Central, my high school that I talk about so much, and the significance of 1957 that affected the nation. 
And he thought, oh, so, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, so that happened here, yeah. But he had already said that this city reminded him, this was what, four or five years ago of 1957. That says a lot, bro. So y'all sit on your hands and don't go vote. It's not going to get any better. Yeah, you're going to get more police, and you're going to get more policing. That's not what the black community needs. We need, we need a mayor who's going to talk about jobs. We need a mayor who's going to bring jobs. We need, we need a mayor who's going to repair the streets south of 630. We need a mayor who's going to open up empowerment zones south of 630 to build businesses. So if you build businesses, then that'll cut down on crime. Locking people up and throwing away the key has never worked. We are the most incarcerated country in the world. And it's doing nothing to stop the crime problem. We'll take a break. Back in a moment, you're listening to the Weekly Sports Magazine or Black Focus Radio on joinedradio.com. Dave for joinedradio.com. I'm inviting all small businesses to contact me at 855-525-5683 and let Joinet Radio set up an advertising package specifically designed with your business in mind. This is a great opportunity for small businesses to get your products on the air. Do you want to get the word out about a new business? Joinet Radio is for you. Do you want to advertise your event or social gathering? Joinet Radio is for you. Do you preach or teach? Do it right here on joinetradio.com. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at 855-525-5683 or go to joinetradio.com and review our great lineup of shows. Let's help each other and let's get your products in the hands of consumers across the country. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at joinetradio.com at 855-525-5683. I'll talk to you soon. Synergy Insurance Group is the small business that we need to turn everybody on to. Javita Nelson is the expert advisor and licensed in 20 states. Synergy Insurance Group has been offering personalized insurance services since 1997. Call Javita at 877-GO-LOVE-INS. She can help you with old-fashioned personal service. Synergy Insurance Group is the one that you want and need for affordable insurance. Specializing in burial plans that will allow you and yours to personalize your final expenses. Check out Synergy Insurance Group on the web at synergyinsgroup.biz. Or talk to Javita at 877-GO-GLOVE-INS. The purpose of this commercial is to promote various insurance products. National producer numbers 1661510 and 7529748. 
Hi, this is Alvin from Habibi's Durable Medical Equipment Company. Because of COVID, many of us have lost our jobs and are unable to feed our kids like we wish. If your child is underweight, five years of age or older, and on Medicaid, you may be able to get formula to help them regain their healthy weight. You will need a prescription from their primary care physician and give us a call and let us help. Our number is 501-663-1553. We are open five days a week from nine to five. Have your doctor fax your prescription to our fax line, which is 501-661-0738 today. Keeping your child healthy is our priority. That's Habibi's, 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 your durable medical equipment center. We are located 4317 East Broadway in North Little Rock. That number again is 663-1553. 663-1553. Hey guys, this is David Ashley, Deacon David Ashley. I want to turn you all on to the Deacon Days radio show. It's a praise project. We're going to be playing music from inspirational artists and gospel artists from all over the world never ever heard of and also we'll be interviewing and asking them very pertinent questions to why and how they came up with their music don't forget the deacon dave's radio show it's a praise project saturdays from 10 to 11 on joynetradio.com David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you'll shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, welcome back to the show. Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us if you want to join the show. Last hour, we spent talking about Steve Landers and his snub of the debate that was supposed to go on for the mayor's race here 
and how it basically says, uh, or he said to the black community to kiss his ass. Uh, I'm just going to be frank with you. I know, I know people don't want to say that. Maybe they say, oh, Dave, you're being too crass. Uh, maybe I am, but you know I'm not. But just, just, just a little bit more on this voting thing, because, see, that's, that's really the big picture. Because part of the reason that we get what we get is because we don't utilize the tools that we have to get more than what we need or to get what we need. So as you all don't know, there is a case right now in the Supreme Court that could define voting rights in, in the United States. And what that is, is right now there's a case in Alabama where when the, the Republicans redrew the lines in Alabama, they basically... They basically packed 25% of the voting population that were black into one area where they basically pitted two black former Democrats against one another. This is called gerrymandering. Now, this happens on both sides, but the Republican Party has been strategic in doing this to the point where it is basically under-representing under um, the black vote. That's what's going on. And this case is right now in front of the Supreme Court. And if the Supreme Court allows Alabama to do this, this will continue in other red states across the country. They've already done this to some extent in a lot of these red states where it basically disenfranchises your vote. So I'm going to ask you again, and you may think I'm harping on this, but I'm going to ask you again, that if your vote wasn't so important, why are they doing everything that they possibly can to keep you from voting? See, what Alabama is doing and what a lot of people are trying to do in other red states is what I call um, project voting. You know what I mean by that? Remember in the 60s when they, they, they built all these, these housing projects? And they herded black people into these projects. <laughs> That's what they're doing with voting now. Those black people in those projects had no say. There were certain things they couldn't do. Crime was terrible. People were dying. Poor, starvation, you name it. Some of these projects across this country were the worst of the worst. So what they're doing now is herding black people into certain districts, project voting. And you all don't understand that. You don't understand what they're doing. And right now there's a case before the Supreme Court that can determine the rights of your votes going on. And if, if this court goes the way many suspect it to go, then your voting rights is about to be kiss goodbye I wonder what would you do then you still gonna well, see See, here's the thing the rappers are not talking about this okay real housewives of Atlanta aren't talking about this all those silly TikToks and stuff like that that you listen to which I understand recreation and entertainment 
But right now, there is more to the story that needs to be told, and you all are absent without leave and don't understand the significance about uh, as to what is about to happen here in this city, in this state, and in this country. It should scare us all. So you all keep playing these games. Y'all go right ahead. Go right ahead. One of the other things I want to talk about, which is huge, is Biden pardoning all prior federal offenses for simple marijuana possession. And it's about damn time. Long overdue. The war on drugs has been a joke. The war on drugs was, was really a war on black people. Nixon as much said so. But they couldn't say it was a war on drugs. I mean, they couldn't say it was against black people and hippies. But that's what, it, that, that's what it's been from day one. More white people use drugs than anybody. Yet they spend less time in prison. Hello. So now, finally, maybe people are beginning to come to their senses and say, this is a waste of time. I've been saying this for years. Alcohol kills 100,000 people a year. 100,000 alcohol-related deaths. I don't know anyone that has died from pot unless it was laced with some stuff. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think anything's wrong with pot. I've been around pot. I've smoked pot. And yes, I did inhale. Bill Clinton, you damn liar. You can't smoke pot without inhaling. And you did it more than once. Okay? I'm just, let's, let's clear the record here. But the point is that this thing, remember, was it Harry P. Anslinger who said that, that, that pot was uh, for the hippies and blacks? And, and I'm paraphrasing, and it made, it made white women want to go to bed with black, black men. And it's always been the biggest fear of white men that their white women would want to date black men. That's, that's, that's an underlying theme that, that runs through America and it always has been. That's another story for another day. But this war on drugs, even through the Nixon, the Reagan, the Jimmy Carter era, all of this stuff, has done nothing but target black folks. Even Biden, when he voted for the 1994 crime bill, part of the reason that I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. See, I told y'all that I was an independent. I proudly didn't vote for her ass. I don't care. I did vote, though. I just didn't vote for her because of the 94 crime bill. And then guess what? I turned around and voted for Biden. Held my nose and voted for Biden simply because there was something worse. And I know people, have, I hate to hear the less of two evils, but in some cases there are the less of two evils. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And my enemy was Donald Trump. The enemy of the black man is Donald Trump and his right-wing constituents, his MAGA people. And anytime I can vote for them or vote against them, I don't give a damn if they're running for dog catcher. I'm going to vote against them. 
That's just the bottom line on that. But you got to get out and vote, folks. That's what this really boils down to. I don't mean to spend that much time on this, but uh, and we're going to be talking more about it because it's important as these midterm elections, what, they're about, what, four and a half weeks away, somewhere in there? Um, I was going to, well, I, I'll, I'll try to remember to do that in the break. I was Because I, I don't think, I want to say it's, it's the 15th, not the 11th, uh, that the deadline for voting, uh, registering to vote. Okay? And you know you can go out online and look and see if your registration is up to date. You do know that, don't you? Okay. All right. So I was talking about the Biden pot proposal. And the reason I was talking about that is because the drugs that they had put in put into in, into our communities. And I was watching Ari Melba on Friday evening and he was talking about this very thing and he was and he was he was relaying how the drug the drug war has devastated the black communities. And he left out a very important part of that. And part of the what really devastated the black community more than anything else was the cocaine epidemic. And that was the crack cocaine that came into our cities, into our, into, into our small towns and disrupted life as we knew it. And that was done by Ronald Reagan, the Contras, and Oliver North. Oliver North has went on to be called a patriot and made millions of dollars doing a talk show while he flooded, while he flooded. And by the way, the biggest mistake that they could have ever done was give him immunity because they gave it, the only way he was going to talk about Reagan, they were so desperate to get Reagan that they weren't even considering what was going on in the black community and, and, the, and the devastation that, that was wrought by the illegal drugs and the crack cocaine that was flooded in our communities because of Iran-Contra. They didn't even want to talk about that. And Ari missed the boat on making sure that he told that story. And I tweeted out to him, and I don't think I've gotten a response, but I tweeted out to him, he's got to tell the story of Gary Webb. He's, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have that segment, you've got to tell the whole story, not part of it. And Gary Webb discovering what was going on with the Iran Contra thing and 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 guns for cocaine that was being flown into the United States, and in part happening right up there in Northwest Arkansas. You got to tell that story. Now I know you can't do it in a in a in a twelve minute news block. But at least mention it. And that was during the time when you talk about the war on drugs. That was during the time when you had five ounces of crack cocaine. Well, five grams of crack cocaine would get you automatic sentencing. Whereas you had 500 grams of cocaine, powdered cocaine, would get you nothing except probation. The difference was that the people that were using the Powdered cocaine were white people. The people that were using the crack cocaine were black people because it was cheaper and easier to get. And it was white people who were flooding that poison into our communities. It was the CIA, it was the FBI, and of course it was Rick Ross. Freeway Rick Ross. He was in town last week, and I mentioned this the other day. 
I guess he's on a, a redemption tour. And I was thinking about this over the weekend as well, and it bothered me to some extent because what I was thinking about is how, and I, I don't know why, maybe I'm getting old, but some of my family members just popped into my head. And those particular family members were family members that were affected by crack cocaine. But see, here, here, here's the thing about it. I say family members. Now, I didn't use crack cocaine. I didn't use cocaine. I didn't get that effect as some of my family members did. But you know what? It affected me just the same. Because I had to live with their antics. My mother had to live with those antics. My aunts, my cousins had to live with those antics. And it affects me today. So why, why as I thought about that, and I thought about this whole thing with Biden, you know, and this new federal law, I couldn't help but to think about this war on drugs and think about that piece that Ari Melba did on MSNBC. I, I, I couldn't help but to think about how this country has done so much to destroy the black man. It's a wonder that the black man doesn't want to exercise his rights to vote because he doesn't feel like He's part of this country and doesn't understand that the power of his vote, regardless of what has been done to you by the system, makes you equal. Mm, mm, mm. But Biden, let me just read a little bit of this article. President Biden will pardon all prior federal expenses, uh, offenses of simple marijuana possession uh, the White House said Thursday, a move toward decriminalizing the drug. The move applies to those convicted of simple possession of marijuana, including those in the Dis District of Columbia, according to senior officials. The White House noted that people of color and white people use marijuana at similar rates, but the black and brown people have been arrested, prosecuted, and convicted at disproportionate rates. As I've said before, no one should be in jail just for using just for using or possessing marijuana, Biden tweeted. Sending people to jail for possessing marijuana has upended too many lives for conduct that is legal in many states. That's before you address the clear racial disparities around prosecution and conviction. Today we begin to right these wrongs. And I have to applaud Biden for that. Is it going to fix everything? No. But maybe these people that are in jail, uh, I saw a story, and I, I don't remember where it is. This guy had two grams of cocaine, I mean, uh, uh, marijuana, and they sentenced the guy to, to, to seven years, no, 21 years in prison, life in prison. And they were finally able to get him released after, or I think they're still trying to get him released after seven years. This is ridiculous. And this is the point. Because I'm going to tell you, during my, my real pot smoking days, I didn't, get my, I didn't get my pot from a brother. I got my pot from a white boy. 
The white boy, always, the white boys, always had the best weed. And those brothers that I did get pot from, I'm just gonna be real with you. Guess who they got their pot from? White boys. This has been a this has been a joke from day one. This has been a racist policy from day one. And see, what really boggles my mind is we go back in history. Why has the United States, why has white people in America been so anti-black? I mean, from the beginning of time through Reconstruction, and, and, and I, I don't understand this. Why is it that you hate black people so much? I don't expect an answer. That's rhetorical. But it makes no sense, and you put policy after policy in effect that does nothing more than damage the black male and the black family. People that you depend on every day to live your lives, and, and you put policy after policy in, a, in play to the damage to black family. Amazing. But I am glad to see this is happening. It is very important. There's nothing wrong with smoking pot, folks. Sorry. If you can drink a beer, look, if you can drink a beer and, and you drink beer, if you got beer in your refrigerator right now, if you got wine on your table, if you got Hennessy, Crown, tequila, whatever your drink of choice is, and I don't care because some of y'all go to church too, Whatever your drink of choice is, you can't be mad at people who smoke pot. Because I can tell you that I've seen people drink, have three drinks and be filthy, nasty, drunk, uncontrollable. I've seen people drink, smoke three joints and be mellow and cool. I've been in that life. I'm just, I'm, I'm bearing my soul to you. Okay, this lie about marijuana has festered for decades and it has done nothing more than get more and more black people in jail over a lie. And now Colorado has the fifth best school system in America because they've taken the proceeds of their pot, of their pot sales and dumped it into their school systems. Now, I used to know back in the day, Arkansas had some of the best pot in America. Why aren't y'all doing the same thing? We saw when Mississippi first used the, the casinos, how their school system increased. Or the, 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 the quality of their school systems got better. But right now, Colorado has so much money off of pot sales. It has funded another complete industry. If you go to Chicago right now, you can walk in a store. You don't need no damn license. You don't, well, you need a license to prove what your age is. But that's about it. Go in and buy what you want. Why are you keeping adults from doing what they want to recreational do? Because of the lies that was that was told about pot smoking by Harry P. Anslinger in 1937 and brought forward by J. Edgar Hoover, the Nixon administration, the the uh, 
the, 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 the Bush administration, the Reagan administration, and has been brought forward to the day. And now people are finally beginning to realize that, man, that stuff was stupid, man. And now you see all the medicinal things that, that, that marijuana can do for you. They've known for decades that marijuana helps, uh, helps your eyes, well, uh, helps with cataracts. They've known that for years. So Biden has done, and I'm going to be totally honest with you, this was political. See, Biden's taking some heat, too, from the black community. What have you done for the black community? Those questions are legitimate to ask. They're legitimate to ask. But I think this was a, a stroke for the election as well. Because, see, when you really look at it, and we're going to talk about it in a moment, when you really look at it, the Republicans don't want to do anything for you. You remember the student loan thing, right? Many Republican organizations sued the Biden administration because he's forgiven student loans. Not one of those organizations sued the Trump administration or any other administration for giving tax breaks to the rich. See, this is what I'm saying to you is that these rich people that have these foundations, that, that try to uh, uh, push political dissent, they do things like this because they want to make sure that they're, they, are, they are continually fed, being fed at the trough, but you get nothing. This is how they operate. So I'm, I'm happy for Biden. I'm happy for those people who are going to end up out of jail because this is long overdue, man. May, you know, here, here there, there may be a blessing in disguise. So if you don't have police out there chasing pot smokers, and the amazing thing about this, the amazing thing about this is that pot was considered a Schedule One drug. In other words, pot was worse than heroin. <laughs> this is just how stupid this was. It was worse than heroin. You know, heroin is the stuff you shoot in your veins. No. I would have never done that. No way. So this is how they had pot, a Schedule 1 drug. This was stupid, man. It's been stupid. It, it needs to go away. Someone wants to sit in the park... Smoking pot, that's their business. While y'all out there chasing people smoking pot, maybe this will, this will free you up so you can solve some real-ass crimes. Come on. See, yeah, so, so, so this stroke was a genius, was genius by Biden because now that you're not worried about the little 17 to 18-year-old kid who's smoking a joint, maybe you can, that'll free you up to go solve some real crimes. <laughs> because smoking a joint has never been an issue. And you all have used that to incarcerate black people and sentence them for the long sentences. And we know that to be true. And this was a stroke of genius because to release this now from Biden, I would think 
that black people say, oh, yeah, see. But y'all don't realize how many states already have legalized marijuana. Chicago's one. Man, I'm, man, I'm sitting, I'm downtown, downtown. Brother standing, no, this is a white guy standing on the corner smoking a joint. He wasn't no thug looking white boy either. He had a dice haircut and everything. Had a suit on, smoking a joint, waiting on the light. <clears throat> Go down a little further, people sitting on the bus stop, smoking a joint. Police driving by. Hey, what's up? That's the way it ought to be, man. If I'm not driving and smoking a joint, just like I'm not drinking and driving, what's the big deal? You pull over my car and you smell marijuana, so what? You might want to give me a, you can give me a breathalyzer if you want, whatever the case may be. But see, the thing is, like I told you, smoking a single joint doesn't affect you the way uh, drinking alcohol does. So you're not gonna you're not gonna get me on driving while intoxicated for smoking a joint. That's why it's so it's so ridiculous to even try to pursue that anymore. It was ridiculous to try to pursue it in the first place. And this is a good move by Biden. And whether it was Biden or anyone else, it should it was long overdue. Now let's get some of these kids out of prison. Let's get some of these innocent people, and let's expunge their records. Because what you've locked people up for, people are making millions of dollars off of it now. It's just not right. You get more time for marijuana today than keeping classified stolen documents. Think about that. There are people who are being locked up in jail today for classified, I mean for pot, who are in jail today and there's a guy who stole classified nuclear secrets, and they're still saying he didn't get enough. He didn't. He didn't turn them all in, and he ain't getting no time. Good old America. Good old America. Makes no sense whatsoever. Eight five 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 two five five six eight three is the number. Let's. Look, and I believe on the ballot this year, I, I need to check that. On the ballot in Arkansas, there is a ballot initiative to um, to legalize marijuana. Man, it's long overdue. We'll look into that here in a little bit. All right, so while we're talking about, because I want to make sure that I cover the white woman in Memphis who was killed and why... Her death was avoidable had the police done what they were supposed to do. But I want to make sure that I cover the, this thing with uh, the Republicans and socialism. And I was glad to see uh, Biden call the Republicans out on that. I was really glad to see that. Because you cannot continue to allow them to lie and get away with it and try to make you look bad. So let me let me just read this to you. Last November, GOP Republican Representative uh, Tom Emer of Minnesota released a statement slamming the passage 
of the freshly approved infrastructure law, he referred to as President's, President's, President Biden's multi-trillion dollar socialist wish list. Then in June, Emer, the House Republican campaign chairman, leading attacks on Democrats for supporting the law, quietly submitted a wish of his own. In a letter to the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, Emer expressed his hearty support for a multi-million dollar grant to approve part of Highway 65 in his district. The work was critical, Emer argued, not just for his constituents, but for people all over Minnesota. Crashes were leading to fatalities. Congestion was leading to huge delays. Plus, Emer added, this giant, this grant also strives to serve as a social justice measure. The Dickens, you say? Did the Republicans really say that? Emer's plea is one of dozens obtained by CNN in response to a public records request full of instances like Alabama Senator Tommy Tupperville modulating his tone from accusing the law of using fuzzy math and IOUs to hide the real cost to appealing to Buttigieg because as a former mayor, you understand better than anyone the time and the money that goes into applying for highly competitive grants. The dickens you say, Tommy no, say it ain't so. The letter writers include high-profile attackers of government spending as well as several in tight re-election races, such as Florida Representative Maria Lavara Salazar and California Republican David Valdial, who, like Emer, slammed the Biden law in public and then behind the scenes asked for money. <laughs> Most members have not publicly mentioned the letters they sent petitioning for money for from the bill they derided. Many then contacted CNN, when contacted by CNN about their request, either ignored questions or insisted that they were being consistent with their criticisms of the law with the request they made. The Dickens you say. Well, what you say is you say as I do as I say and not as I do. But you know what, Republicans? Isn't that socialism? Isn't it? Sounds like it to me. I'm just saying. Again, why you should not be voting for these people. They have no, no, no chill at all, man. Which brings me to Herschel Walker. Late last week, another woman came out. Well, one, another woman came out and said, hey, he tried to get me to have an abortion. Then another lady came out, so there's two now. The Republican Party doesn't care. They are so desperate to win that seat, and they think Herschel is going to win it. And many people, there are some people, there are some polls who are saying that he's going to win it, which would be shocking if he does. 
But there are some polls who think Ursula's going to win it. Right now, if we are to believe the polls, they are neck and neck, Raphael Warnock and Herschel. And there was some guy on CNN on uh, Sunday trying to say, well, Raphael Warnock had children out of wedlock. And uh, these people are so disgusting. <laughs> so what if he did? Said he, uh, he suggested that Raphael Warnock had children out of wedlock and he had neglected those children. Okay, let's say if he did. All right, so Herschel did the same thing, right? But here's the difference. Herschel is running around advocating that he is anti-abortion. In all cases, rape, incest, life of the mother. Raphael Warnock didn't do that. See, if you were smart, Herschel could really spin this. But it's too late now. But had he been talking to me, because I thought about this a while when this, the, the, these stories first broke, especially about the abortion, he could spin it. He's tried to spin it. He's just, he's just doing a terrible job at it, and the people that are handling him are doing a terrible job. He could spin this to be this way. And here's what, here, here's what Herschel could have said. Yes, at the time I did pay for an abortion. I was under a lot of pressure. I did not know what to do. I actually wanted the child myself, but I didn't think that the woman wanted the child. You could spin in a lot of different ways, something along those lines. I don't know. It wasn't my choice. But it sounds like to me, when you, and the amazing thing about it with Herschel Walker, that I thought Donald Trump could lie. Golly. Herschel still got a ways to go, but boy, you are certainly his protege. You got a you got a check. You got a receipt. When they say the, the lady brought receipts, oh man, she brought receipts. So you got receipts, you got a card with your signature talking about get well. And the only thing you can say is, well, you know, I send cards to everybody. I everybody. I send cards to everybody. I send cards. Dude, you are an idiot. You really are. But who's really the idiot? Herschel Walker or the people that are going to vote for him? And are they really idiots or are they just so desperate for power? Because, see, that's what it really boils down to. And this is why I keep lacing that thing about voting into my shows now. Because they understand that the only way that they're going to hold on to power, and nobody is talking about this, nobody wants to talk about this, but their fear of being a minority. So the only way that they can try to hold on to power is to codify their, their, their fears and try to set up a minority rule. Minority rule. They've already got the judges on the Supreme Court. If the Supreme Court says it's unconstitutional, or it's constitutional, that's the law of the land. They want the legislatures, the House and the Senate, and they want the presidency. And all you have to do is not vote. It's just that simple. All you have to do is not vote, and you're falling right into their hands. And when you don't vote, don't complain. Yeah, this all has an underlying thing that all leads to one place, and that's to the voting booth. Back in a moment. I want to talk about this story that happened in Memphis where this rich white woman was kidnapped and murdered. 
and had the police done the job, had they gave a damn about a black woman, this, this, the rich white woman would now be alive. You tell me black, live, black lives don't matter? Apparently not, but the white one did, and she's dead. Back in a moment. Dynamic Dave for JoinetRadio.com. I'm inviting all small businesses to contact me at 855-525-5683 and let Joinet Radio set up an advertising package specifically designed with your business in mind. This is a great opportunity for small businesses to get your products on the air. Do you want to get the word out about a new business? Joinet Radio is for you. Do you want to advertise your event or social gathering? Joinet Radio. Radio is for you. Do you preach or teach? Do it right here on joinetradio.com. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at 855-525-5683 or go to joinetradio.com and review our great lineup of shows. Let's help each other and let's get your products in the hands of consumers across the country. Call me, Dynamic Dave, at joinetradio.com at 855-525-5683. I'll talk to you soon. Synergy Insurance Group is the small business that we need to turn everybody on to. Javita Nelson is the expert advisor and licensed in 20 states. Synergy Insurance Group has been offering personalized insurance services since 1997. Call Javita at 877-GO-LOVE-INS. She can help you with old-fashioned personal service. Synergy Insurance Group is the one that you want and need for affordable insurance. Specializing in burial plans that will allow you and yours to personalize your final expenses. Check out Synergy Insurance Group on the web at synergyinsgroup.biz. Or talk to Javita at 877-GO-GLOVE-INS. The purpose of this commercial is to promote various insurance products. National producer numbers 1661510 and 7529748. Hi, this is Alvin from Havivi's Durable Medical Equipment Company. Because of COVID, many of us have lost our jobs and are unable to feed our kids like we wish. If your child is underweight, five years of age or older, and on Medicaid, you may be able to get formula to help them regain their healthy weight. You will need a prescription from their primary care physician and give us a call and let us help. Our number is 501-663-1553. We are open five days a week from nine to five. Have your doctor fax your prescription to our fax line, which is 501-661-0738 today. Keeping your child healthy is our priority. That's Habibi's, 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 your durable medical equipment center. We're located 4317 East Broadway in North Little Rock. That number again is 663-1553, 663-1553. 
Hey guys, this is David Ashley, Deacon David Ashley. I want to turn y'all on to the Deacon Days radio show. It's a praise project. We're going to be playing music from inspirational artists and gospel artists from all over the world, never ever heard of. And also we'll be interviewing and asking them very pertinent questions to why and how they came up with their music. Don't forget, the Deacon Days radio show, it's a praise project. Saturdays from 10 to 11 on joynetradio.com. David W. Coleman here for Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub and Rib Nuts. Go to ribrub.com, that's R-I-B-B-R-U-B-B.com right now, and stock up on the best dry marinades for baking, grilling, and smoking your favorite meats. Three great flavors, hot and spicy, original, and scorching. Try them at your next cookout and you will shout, bacon, grill it, shake it, oh yeah! Only one place to get Coleman's Dynamic products, that's ribrub.com. Easy to order and I'll ship direct to you or to friends and family anywhere in the United States. While on the site, be sure to check out other great items, especially the rib nuts. Who'd have thunk it? Peanuts sauteed in a barbecue marinade? That's just crazy good. Get them at ribrub.com right now, along with other great recipes. That's ribrub.com. If you don't like my rib rub or rib nuts, I'll give you money back. Do it today. That's Coleman's Dynamic Products at ribrub.com. All right, welcome back to the show. Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you'd like to join the show. We'll talk a little bit about this last story, which is disturbing to me, but I'll just read you the title. Tennessee governor fast-tracks the hire of forensic lab workers after slaying a billionaire heiress reveals backlog of over 12,000 rape kits in Memphis police storage. Now, I will tell you that that number is not unlike a lot of cities around this country. But let me tell you why this is so significant. And I want to read you this story. This is from the Atlanta Black Star. I, I, I read about this story in the Tennessee in last week and had planned to get it on the show. But now that it's making national news, we want to talk about it. Leading politicians announced Tennessee will fast track a budget to hire additional forensic lab workers to support the state's effort to assess sexual assault kits. The urgency came not based on the backlog uh, of cases, but after a high-profile killing of a white heiress. On Thursday, September 29th, the news was shared. The news was shared. Governor Bill Lee and top legislative leaders announced they will move swiftly to fill 25 25 new forensic lab positions, according to the Associated Press. The decision comes weeks after authorities identified the man who kidnapped and killed the white mother of two, kindergarten teacher and granddaughter of a billionaire hardware entrepreneur, Eliza Fletcher. The same man is now charged with raping a black woman September 21st, 2021 but was never arrested because of the delay in processing the sexual assault kits. Clotha Abston Henderson, 38, was arrested and indicted in Fletcher's death 
within a day of her disappearance. It took the Memphis Police Department a total of 18 hours to connect Henderson to the murder after Fletcher's husband reported her missing on September 2nd. It took the same agency almost a year before Henderson's DNA would be connected to Alicia Franklin, the African-American woman who was a victim on September 5th, the year before. Now, let me just tell you what happened. Miss Franklin met Mr. Henderson on a dating app. And when Mr. Henderson got her alone, he basically raped her. She called the police. She went to the police. She did everything that she was supposed to do. But the police did nothing. They did nothing. They didn't, they didn't care about this black woman. And I would argue that the majority of those rape kits are black women. I would argue that. Prove me wrong. But now, and see what you don't know about the, 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 the woman who was killed Eliza Fletcher, she was out jogging at 4 o'clock in the morning in this park in Memphis where Henderson saw her, abducted her, took her somewhere, raped and killed her. Now, had you given a damn, and see, the way they were all over this, because see, this was a white woman, a dainty little white woman, and she, she was a billionaire heiress. So the police had to get on this because this matters because the mayor was probably putting putting fire under their butts and the Republican brass in the state for look for the state legislature in Nashville to say, hey, we're gonna fill 25 spots right now. That billionaire who has all that money was funding some Republican campaigns. You didn't care about those black women. You didn't care about that black woman who, who was raped. She could have been killed had you did the DNA search. And the, 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 the thing about it is this. The thing about it is this. You probably already had his DNA on file. You would have matched his DNA to the rape. He would have been off the street, and that white woman would still be alive. As I told you earlier, why didn't the, why didn't the Memphis Police Department stop that crime? See, that was an opportunity for the Memphis Police Department to stop crime, to stop a crime. They could have stopped a murder. They could have stopped a kidnapping and a murder. But they didn't. Because what did I tell you? Police don't stop crime. They respond to crime. And when you're sitting and you've got over 12,000 rape kits sitting in a closet that has never been processed, you don't give a damn about the crimes. And that's not just Memphis. We can, we can say, whoa, that's a lot. What's, wrong? What's going on in Memphis? But that's not just Memphis, folks. That's all over the country where they've got rape kits that are sitting in closets somewhere that have deteriorated, that they've never even ran through the crime lab. And the argument is that we don't have enough for personnel and we don't have enough money. Well, the majority of those rape kits are typically of black women. And it's never until some little dainty white woman has been murdered that now they got to do something about it. The vicious boogie black man killed her. 
So we got to go through these rape kits now. We got to fund it now because we didn't stop it, but we can try to prevent it from happening again. That's really what they're saying. We couldn't stop it. And we didn't care enough about that black woman because she was raped. Oh, she was just a black woman. <laughs> but now that the rich white woman got raped and killed, now, okay, we need to move on this. This is more fuel to the fire as it relates to how black lives are treated in America. Black women are being abducted and raped. If you look right now, there are more black women being abducted and raped and killed and disappearing, and nobody's saying anything about it. But as soon as a little white woman get abducted and killed, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a nationwide APB. That's the problem in this country. See, black lives really don't matter until a white life is affected. See, it doesn't matter until a white life is affected. Oh, now, oh yeah, well, it really doesn't matter then, but because white people have been affected, we got to do something about it. So now that this millionaire, this billionaire, billionaires has been murdered, and I'm sure some of those campaign funds are drying up from the billionaire whose daughter was murdered. Y'all got to do something about it. This is how they operate. And this is sad. It's sad on both accounts. It's sad that this woman was killed, but it's also sad that no one even listened to Alicia Franklin. DNA authorities connected the absent Henderson uh, was pro connected to absent Henderson was processed hours after it found uh, out the scene of uh, at Fletcher's kidnapping, which was uncovered by investigators who reviewed the surveillance footage. The next day, Henderson was apprehended and arrested on charges of kidnapping. Her body was found days later. The same prioritization was not made for Franklin. I was just an average black girl in the city of Memphis, you know, Franklin told us, uh, said. Uh, I just think it wasn't a priority. The police incident report in the rape case located Henderson's apartment at 5783 Waterston one way, Oak Way, doors away from where he was arrested earlier in the month for Flirt's murder. So see, here's the thing. He took this young lady to this apartment. He took her there and raped her. This is the same place that they found Fletcher's body. According to the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, the MPD, MPD never requested an expedited analysis of the kit related to the black woman, and no suspect information was submitted to their office. The average ranged from approximately 33 weeks to 49 weeks. Between September 2021 to August 22, 
report suggests the Memphis Police Department only expedited DNA testing in Eris in Eris's case, Flush's case, in the hopes to find her alive. It was discovered the assailant's DNA was already in the FBI database dating back to 2001. Wow. Over 20 years ago, he pled guilty to kidnapping Memphis attorney Kemper Duran during an attempted robbery when he was only 16 years old. Henderson served 20 years in prison and was released for the crime in 2020. Man, ain't this something? Had they ran this man's DNA, this woman would be alive. This is an abomination, folks. This is an abomination. This is what you tell me about police? Huh? What was what was this what y'all saying about police and how we need more police to solve crimes? Here's a crime that they could have solved. In fact, here's a crime that they could have stopped. And because it was a black woman, they didn't seem to care. Hmm. Ain't that something? If you have no critics, you'll likely have no success, according to Malcolm X. That's Black Focus Radio. I hope you all have a great day. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you next time. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. Right here. Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. on joinedradio.com. You've been listening to Black Focus, where we discuss our issues with our solutions and our voices. Join us every weekday afternoon at 1 p.m. on joinedradio.com.